Father, thank you for this morning. This morning's portion of grace. The blessing of the Lord did make it rich and added no sorrow. Thank you that you're in the midst of your people and you're here. We love you because you first loved us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking at operating in the highest level of your potential. We agree that you're not just a mere man. Even as a man, God said, we made you in our image and likeness so you can have dominion over all the works of God's hand. But more than that, the Bible says, now we see not all yet put under him, talking about the first Adam, but the last Adam, or the second Adam, which is Christ, and his seed, or his brethren, we have been given absolute dominion over all the works of his hand. The Bible says in the last verses of Ephesians 1, that God has raised Jesus far above all principality and power dominion and mind and every name that is named not only in this age but in the age to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body so we say that the feet of Jesus is part of his body and the church is the body. So when God put everything under the authority of Jesus, he put it actually under our dominion. Now we are saying that this is who you are and God wants you to operate from that realm of authority. Remember the purpose statement of God in Genesis 1, let's create man in our image in our likeness let him have dominion and he said man should be fruitful man should multiply he said you should fill the earth and you should have dominion this is leadership at its burst management at its burst that's it in other words god wants us to excel we should be like him god is a god of glory he's excellent now you know that Though everything I've said so far is true, you were not born again as an adult. You were born again as a baby. And a baby cannot exercise dominion. A baby has some glory, has some capabilities. But when this child grows into a man, then you have even his physical development. You see the manifestation of a full-blown man in terms of wisdom, character, and potential, and power. Okay? So we are saying that this is who we are, but we need to get to the place where we are full-blown sons of God, not just children of God, but sons of God, which means we just represent the Father absolutely. We are in our prime. We are at our best. And so that is what we've been looking at. And we looked at prayer. Elijah was a man like every one of us. But Elijah operated at the highest level of his potential. We saw that this man even did not die. He defied mortality, which was common to all men. And apart from the miracles and the supernatural, he walked in. Let me pause and say this. You see, many of us think that we will get to a place where our supernatural dimension is completely divorced from our natural abilities. And that is what a lot of people have been waiting for. We want to get to the place where we are actually walking in the miraculous every day. We are so anointed that we are working miracles. We are healing every cripple we see. Before we embrace the reality of that life. But it doesn't work like that. Because you saw Elijah. You saw him in, at his climax. You know. You saw on the Mount of Carmel. How he contested with the Baal prophets. And 
called on fire. You remember that contest? He said, even pour water on the firewood. Eight barrels. And then killed all the bad prophets. There was a great restoration of Israel returning to God, which was the ultimate goal of all that miracle. Then the next verse, you see Elijah running away from one woman. So it means that it's not an issue of just getting to that place where, oh, now I know that I have the anointing. That's what I've been waiting for. So now I have it, so I'm there. And then I wouldn't relapse or I wouldn't get back into the flesh. No, you would decide to operate in it or not to operate in it. This, your natural capabilities are there. And you have to still exercise self-control. You will still be tempted. You will still be confronted with things that can frighten you. Because this was a man who was not afraid of all these wild bad prophets. 850 of them. 400 and the Jezebel's prophets also, you know. And yet, the very next day we saw him so stressed, tired is the Lord. I'm tired. Uh, boys are bread. We're just tired. You know. Okay. Those of you who are waiting for the day where some power will fall from heaven before you start working in the miraculous or working in the supernatural, you have to renew your mind and say, I'm doing it right here. So we saw Elijah and his secret was prayer. Then we saw all the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. The Bible says clearly that every one of them walked in that level of the supernatural because of what? Faith. And the whole Hebrews 11 amply demonstrates that. In fact, the Bible says that all things are possible to you that believe it. And that was how we ended out on faith. Then I mentioned the third thing, grace, and today I'm going to mention the last thing. Obviously, you know, this is not all. Because everything I've mentioned, we can break it down into many things. For example, Second service, I taught on Greece. First service, I just exhorted you on the subject, operating in the highest level of potential, and you realized that I was basically talking about the Word of God. So, though I didn't treat the Word of God as one of the points, one of the PowerPoints, one of the points, uh, because for now, I just want to say it's prayer, faith, grace, and then I want to add today's. Now, today, I want to talk about my last in this series. Why are we sharing these things? It's our year of wealth and what? Manifestation. So we are saying we want to manifest as sons of God, right? Okay. Are we good? All right. I won't try to teach everything, but I'll give you all you need to know in this service. I'm talking on a very important subject, uh, and the Bible treats it as such. Amen. I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is actually a chapter on the manifestation of the spirit or the supernatural, which is what we're looking at. And I want us to look at the last verse. It's 31, verse 31. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Let's read one go. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet shew I unto you a more excellent way. Okay, so I'm going to take that again. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet shew I unto you a more excellent way. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, which are actually the manifestations of the Spirit. Word of knowledge, that gives you supernatural knowledge. You buy into the mind of God. Word of wisdom, you know exactly what God knows. I mean, you have the wisdom of God to solve a problem at the spur of the moment. Prophecy, you can say the exact words that God is saying. Supernatural utterance, speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Miracles, workings of miracles, healings, faith, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation. Now, and many other gifts that are in these gifts, like visions, dreams, they are all part of word of knowledge and discernment of spirit. And then, you know, 
So he's saying that covet earnestly the best gifts. Because all the gifts are not the same. They are all important, but they are not the same. So he says, covet earnestly the best gifts. So if he's talking about manifestation, he's saying that be your best. I'll take that again. The gifts are the manifestation of the spirit. So the best gifts are what? The best manifestations. Good extrapolation or it doesn't make sense. If the gifts of the spirits are the manifestations of the spirit, then the best gifts are the best manifestations. Correct? So he's saying that you covet endlessly the best gifts, seek to manifest in the best way. He's talking about gifts that edify more people. There are some gifts, they edify only you. But there are certain gifts that edify more people. So he says, covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. From best, that is when you go to excellent. So if you are not at your best, you are not working in excellence yet. Don't deceive yourself. The Bible says, anyone who boasts in a false gift, a gift he doesn't have, it's like a cloud without rain. You start from good, better, and you go to best, from best, before excellent. It's simple. So if you are not at your best, you are not at excellent yet. Are we getting it? Now, but he's saying that out of all the manifestation, there is an excellent way, not just excellent, a more excellent way. And I explained to you that he didn't tell us the excellent ones before moving to more excellent. But when you read the rest of the chapter, you realize that, the succeeding chapter, you realize that he said, now these three things abide. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is love. So we know that faith is an excellent way. And hope is an excellent way. But love is a more excellent way. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's settle on this. If a man decides to walk in love, he is walking in the highest level of excellence. Period. There's nothing beyond that. That's the highest a man can ever go. That's the highest a man can ever go. It's higher than calling down fire from heaven. It's higher than defying mortality. It's higher than raising the dead. It's higher than re-healing the cripples. It's higher than giving accurate prophecies about everybody else. In fact, he said that if you can do all that, you don't have love, you're nothing. You're just making noise. That's the contrast. It doesn't have its equal. Bible says if a man gives all the substances house for love, it will be utterly contempt. He said, all the money you have, if you give it, it will be despised, rejected. So, that is it. But what is this thing called love? What is it? We always miss it because we think love is a feeling. From today, just understand that love is not a feeling. It will help you to understand what it is. It's not a feeling. There is a feeling of love. His proper name is romance, eros. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about agape. There is a, an affection that a father has for his child, uh, that a mother has for his child, a child has for his mother. It's toge. That kind of love is toge. You know, in the Greek, there are different words for different kind of love. We have agape, we have eros, we have philia, which is deep affection, you know. We have xenia, which is guest friendship or hospitality. We have ludus, which is playful love. Then we have pragma, which is long-standing love. Usually when people are married for years and they, they have come to love each other, they see themselves like siblings, it's called pragma. Now, so we have all these kinds of love. But agape love is love for everyone. The unconditional love, the divine love. 
the selfless one the one that is beyond reason hallelujah and bible says it is the greatest so first corinthians 12 31 all through chapter 13 the whole chapter 13 is actually talking about this subject this thing called love the whole chapter 13 and it is a continuation of chapter 12 which means that love is also a manifestation of the spirit love is a fruit of the spirit but it is also a manifestation of the spirit because it was put in the context of the manifestation of the spirit and it is said that it is the more excellent way convert earnestly the best gifts Yeshua, you are more excellent way. So, the highest manifestation of the Spirit and beyond, the highest manifestation of the Spirit is love. Now, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love. He didn't say the fruits, as in plural. The fruit, one, of the Spirit is love. And then he mentioned nine things. I've explained to you that all the other eight that are mentioned, are just the manifestations of love in other words love is joy peace patience or long-suffering if you are using a king james meekness kindness faithfulness self-control all these things all these eight things are in the first one mentioned love now, peace in itself is not love. But peace is a manifestation of love. Patience itself is not love. But patience is a manifestation of love. In other words, love is the mother of all these virtues. So when a man is walking in love, he's actually complete. He's actually perfect. Now, when we say per- perfection, when the Bible talks about perfection for man, it's not divine perfection it is human perfection which is maturity of character approved faith and tried integrity in fact i found out that in first corinthians 13 when the bible talks about love that is how it ends it he says that now we see us in a mirror dimly but then face to face now we know in part but later we will know as we are known and he said that when that which is perfect comes then that which is partial temporal and incomplete will give way and he was talking about the manifestation of the spirit in relation to somebody walking in his complete maturity of love so i want us to read it first corinthians 13 we can run through verse 1 all the way Though I speak with tongue of men and angels and I don't have charity. Now, this charity is actually, you know, agape in the Latin. It's carries from which we got charity, the English word charity. So, it's actually agape, okay. And I don't have agape, I don't have love. Agape is love, okay. God's kind of love, unconditional love. I've become a sunny brass and a tingling symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith. Now look at this. They are talking about absolute. You have all the faith. You have the gift of prophecy. You understand all mysteries. You can remove mountains and you don't have love. You are nothing. Then, next line. Though I bestow my good to feed the poor, that's supposed to be what generosity correct benevolence kindness but look at it kindness at its best without agape it profits you nothing you see then from verse 4 the bible now tells us what love is because many of us don't really know what it is 
Just as a lot of people don't know what faith is. Because faith is a generic word. That is why the definition in verse 1 of Hebrews 11 is not enough. That's why they have to expound it all the way through verse 3. They say faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the title deed, confirmation, substance, assurance of things we hope for, being the confirmation of the reality of the existence of things hoped for. Look at the definition. And that is not enough. That's how people are approved. That's God's approval. The way God grants righteousness is by faith. By faith we understand. Then he goes on to say, by faith we understand that the world is framed by the word of God so that the things are seen and no matter of things we do appear. So faith is believing in the word of God as a creator and using the word of God to create or reframe a situation. Then he now gives us different shades of the meaning of the word as it relates to our lives. And gave example of different people. Somebody it was his obedience. Somebody it was his bravado. Somebody it was his courage. Somebody it was his excellence. Somebody it was his perception. Another person it was his endurance, perseverance. So all these things are in faith. So prompted by faith, actuated by faith. This person did this. This person. So we can get it. Because one big word. Remember they say three things abide. Hope. Hope includes all your expectations, your joyfulness, your aspirations, your desires, and even extends into your trust. So it's also a generic word. Even your patience and your endurance are all manifestations of your hope. Then you have love. You have faith as this big word. Then you have love, which is the mother of them all. So now, we want to look at the definition of love so you know exactly what it is and you know how to manifest it. Okay? So, let's read it through. Charity suffereth long. Long suffering is what? Long suffering is what? Patience, endurance, perseverance. Correct? Forbearance. So, he says, love is... Love suffereth long and is kind. These are the first two definitions or acid test for love. These two things. Long-suffering and kindness. That's it. Because that's what love is. That's the definition. That's what love is. Can we try that again? Hello? Let's go to the Amplified Version. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Okay? So let's stop right there. So that is what love is. So the test of your love is how long can you endure? How patient can you be? Now, before we continue this, I want us to go to Romans 5. Let's look at verse 3 and 4. Romans 5. Now, he said that we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Okay, that's the previous verse. He said we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Every believer rejoices in the hope of what? The glory of God. Every believer has joy. And that joy is because of the what? The hope of glory. Correct? Correct? Okay, that's the, that's the previous verse. Then he said not only so. We rejoice or glory in tribulations also. In distress, in afflictions, and in suffering, we rejoice. Now look at me. Oh, prophet, realistically, do we have people who rejoice when they are suffering? Well, if you are not doing that yet, you are not a Christian yet. It's as simple as that. Another way to say it is you are not matured yet. Count it all joy when you go through diverse. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice and again I say rejoice. But because you are not learning your Bible and learning Christians and you are copying the world 
and social media, you think the way you are living, that is the correct way to live. No? No? We glory in tribulations also. Why? Knowing. The reason why you, you are not happy in tribulation is you don't know that tribulation is working for you. For we know that all things work together. It's not about all things working together. All things are already working together for you anyway. It is the knowing. For we know. Not everybody knows that. You know, people shrug it off. Oh, yeah, 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 I know he's encouraged me. Yeah, okay, okay. But they don't believe it. Paul didn't say we think. We know. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Next line. And patience, experience. Now, did you see that? Now, tribulation will produce patience, and patience will produce what? Experience. What is experience? I'll tell you in a moment. And experience will produce what? Hope. And then, next line, and hope does not make a shame or doesn't disappoint or doesn't delude. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Now, let's rewind. We glory also in tribulation, knowing that tribulation does what? What's patience? What's patience here? Endurance, yes. Long-suffering, yes. Okay. But patience, basically. And patience will produce what? Patience will work what? Experience. What is experience? Now, the word experience here actually is talking about tried character. You have been tested. Tried character. And you know what that is? Love. In fact, the Amplified Version explains this experience to be tried character, approved faith, and tried integrity. In fact, maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. And what is that? Love. King James. Love. Hello? Now, that Christian experience where a person has maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity, that is what we call love. Because he ends by saying that experience work hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you look at the last verse, the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and the rest of the verse, there's no correlation. Except that the love that is shed abroad in our hearts here is talking about faith. It's talking about our trust in God. The Holy Spirit assures our heart that it is well with us. But... That comes from the experience. That comes from the maturity of character. That comes from the knowing. You see, it comes from the tried integrity. It comes from the approved faith. The word experience, that is the word tried character. And that is what faith is. And I'll prove that to you in a moment. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 okay so what is love love suffered long and is kind okay so two things about love is what long suffering which is what forbearance endurance perseverance okay and the second thing about love is what is kind now when we say kindness usually people think we are talking about generosity Generosity is when benevolence, when you are giving to people. But kindness is when you are nice, considerate, and helpful. You're kind. 
Okay? But obviously, kindness here may be in a broader sense that may include generosity or every good work. So, we want to settle that love is what? Long-suffering and kindness. Amen? Say, love is long-suffering and kindness. That is what it is. Now, what love is not is what we are going to read. Let's read it. Love envieth not. Let's read it together. Love vaunted not itself. It means it's not boastful. It's not puffed up. Okay, it's not proud. Uh-huh. Let's read it. Does not behave itself unseemly. It's not rude. Seeketh not his own. It's not selfish. Thinketh no evil. It doesn't take account or record of wrongs done. Many times when people even offend me, cry, I don't even notice it. I don't even notice in the first place. I said most of the time. Some of you, when we have not even offended you, you have already noticed it. You must outgrow your femininity. Thinketh no evil, doesn't take account, doesn't notice evil that is done. Rejoice not iniquity. It's not happy when evil is happening. You hear people sharing testimony of how, you know, he has a particular enemy and this person won't, won't talk to him and then can't knock him down. And, and you are like, are you normal? Is that a testimony? How can you be happy when somebody... Is, are you getting it? No, 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 no. You can't. You can't. No, it can't be. It's not normal. Hallelujah. Amen. But rejoice when truth prevails. You are happy. When people are happy, you are happy. You are happy that people are doing well. You are not insecure that somebody is doing well. You are happy for the person. Amen. Now, let me explain something here. Do you know that jealousy is natural? It's just like the way you have sexual feelings and sometimes you may have some inordinate affection. But apart from the fact that you can literally mortify and literally be dead, most of the time what you need is self-control. So we all have some amount of jealousy. You get it? Some amount of jealousy. The problem is when it is taking over. Hallelujah. When it's taking over. So, but rejoice in the truth. Okay, so these are the things that love is not. So anytime you are doing any of these things or walking in any of these things, you are not walking in love. Hallelujah. But what it is, we've been told. Now, let's read on and see. Oh, this is the icing on the cake. So this is the full definition for love. So verse 4, you have the definition of love. From verse 5, and verse 6, you are told what it is not. Or the opposite. Then, verse 7, you have the whole picture. Let's read it. Love does what? Bears all things. What's the meaning of that? It forbears, it can bear under anything, under any circumstance. Believes all things. Oh, come on. Hello? He trusts people. He gives people a second chance. He believes. He's childlike. He believes. He knows not everybody is telling the truth. Not everybody loves me. You see, you are positive. Because if you don't choose that path, you have to choose the other path. Which is, ah, they are talking about me. Oh, they, 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 they are thinking of me. They, they don't like me. We need that. They are preaching against me. Believes all things, hopes all things. That one, when you throw it away, that's the end of love. You stop loving. You just keep hoping. You know how we believe in our children. If the child is bad in school, if a teacher should tell you, this is your child, is very bad, you'll be angry. Because you believe in your child. You hope in your child. Love hopes. Love hopes. But 
Did you realize that he's talking in absolute terms? He didn't say bear some things. Forbearance bear some things. Endurance endures some things. Faith believes some things. But love bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, endure all things. But prophet, this thing is realistic. Well, I wonder how God will ask us to do something that is not realistic. Then he has become a liar. That is why it is agape, supernatural love. It's not the one you manufacture. It was given to you a new birth. And the Holy Spirit shares it abroad in your heart. But you have to walk in it. You have to manifest it. It's there. Just like there's joy in you, but you have to rejoice. There's peace in you, but you have to guard your mind and your heart. If you keep watching horror movies and horrible scenes, there's no way fear can leave you. So you may think that you have fear in your heart, but it's actually fear that has taken captive of your mind because you didn't guard the peace you had. And that's your responsibility. By the way, love casted out fear. Now, I want us to look at this in the Amplified Version. Prophet, I understand as my Christian responsibility and duty to love people. I'm ready to do that. It's an obligation. But I'm not expecting anything in return. Yes, of course, that's what it is. But, why do you have to bring that up? In working my highest level of potential. Well, what do I benefit? How can working in love make me operate at the highest level of my potential? In other words, if I need a miracle, how does love give me a miracle? If I want to grow my company, how will love grow my company? Now, we want to interrogate these things. Because you know, sometimes we pretend we understand. Then we have questions. Around. So the Holy Spirit helps us ask some of the questions himself. Because you cannot accept something you don't believe. So you pretend, okay, but you can't believe it because you have not accepted it as true. What is the motivation? One day somebody said to me, and genuinely, he's a man of God. He said, prophet, prayer is difficult. Fasting is difficult. How are you able to do it? If at the time he was talking to me, I was not fasting or praying. But you know, when you fast so much and you pray so much, it shows on you that when you even stop fasting and praying, people think you are still fasting and praying. So he said, what was the motivation? And I said to, to him that, me, myself, I have been asking the same question. When I see people who pray a lot, I'm like, how are they able to do it? Of course, that was a phase of my life where I couldn't pray. And so I give myself to study. Sometimes God withdraws a particular grace so you can use the other one that is working. In fact, sometimes God closes a particular door so you can look at the other door. You refuse <laughs> to look at. He does that all the time. When God is opening a door and you are not seeing it, He will intentionally shut all the other doors so that you can look elsewhere. So at that time of my life, I, was, I couldn't pray, but I realized I had grace to read. Master, I read everything. From John C. Maxwell to Mike Murdoch to Stephen Covey uh, to uh, Brian Tracy. Uh, Master, I was just reading. Anyway, back to our question. Now, I can confidently answer that question. What is my motivation? How are you able to pray? But that is not what I want to talk about. I'm talking about how on earth would love make me operate at my highest potential? What's the correlation? It's like when I was a young believer and I heard a man of God say, Podote, uh, he was the head of architects in Ghana at the time. Great guy. And he came to speak in a full gospel businessman's fellowship. 
And he took the Bible, someone, and he opened it and said, These are all the secrets of prosperity. This, the whole secret is here. Blessed is every man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the God, let him stand away of sinners, sinners, sin of scornful. But his delights in the law of the Lord and his Lord, don't he meditate day and night? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, whose leaves do not wither. He brings forth his fruit in season, and whatsoever he doeth prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff with the wind driving away. So the unrighteous will not stand in judgment, nor the ungodly. God knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Now, and the whole secret is in the word of God. And I was sitting down and I, my God, if you say prayer, understand. But how can just the word of God make somebody prosperous? If you say hard work, diligence, learning business principles, fine. But just telling me that the word of God prosper me. As a young boy, I couldn't see the correlation between prosperity and the word of God. I didn't know that the word of God actually is the creator of prosperity. I couldn't see. So many of you may be sitting in this service and you think that love is all just about you suffering and people taking advantage of you and people having their way and people being happy and you enduring and suffering and you just going through hmm, hmm, and yes, and everybody's happy and people are treating you anyhow and people insult you and you are supposed to forgive them and people are happy and they are moving about. If you say faith, yes, we understand. Because in John 14, 12, if you believe in me, the works I do, you do also, and greater works than this. So, how would love make me operate at my highest potential? Did you know that even the faith you are talking about, according to Galatians 5, 6, it is activated, energized, worked, and expressed by love. Your faith doesn't work. It can't work. It won't work without love. We just read it. So if you have all faith, you don't have love, you're zero. Faith won't work. Now, let me say this. And Solomon loved the Lord. First Kings 3.3. 3. And a thousand burnt offerings did he give God. They say Solomon gave all. And God appeared to him in a vision. All. And then God promised him all. And God gave him wisdom all. And he became the richest man. So people are looking at the richest man. They are looking at the riches. They are not looking at the visitation. People are looking at the vision. It was an encounter. God spoke to him. People are looking at the vision. They are not looking at the sacrifice. The thousand burnt offering. People are looking at the thousand burnt offering. They forgot that it was the love of Solomon that started it all. Was he the only human being who gave gifts and offerings? Hallelujah. Now, there are some things. The last part. So, I want us to go to that John 14, 12 that I quoted. Verily, very I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Alright, so we know about faith, correct? Now, but I want you to look at verse 15 and 16. We are reading the whole thing, but let's keep. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Now, he was talking about faith. Then he brought in love. In the next two lines and he says if you love me keep my commandments so this is another test for love and there are several scriptures to prove that anybody who loves God will keep his word and we have not taught that enough so, love has got to do with the word of God. Amazing. Keeping God's commandment. Now, love, according to 1 John, is the old commandment. So, love is a commandment anyway. And it is also the new commandment. And it is the only commandment. And it is 
the mother of all the commandments they are summed up all the commandments are summed up in this saying but here there's something i want you to check it says if you love me keep my commandments and then next verse and i'll pray the father he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever now he's saying that it is love that creates the capacity to receive the holy ghost so even the anointing of the holy spirit on your life will be dependent on how much love you have you know why because love is your capacity now go and study on some of the great companies that have been born and universities and superficially you may see hard work i don't know if it's correct to, to say that you may see skill you may see shrewdness but underneath is somebody with burden of love who genuinely wants to help humanity who genuinely wants to solve the world's problem many of these great guys didn't set out necessarily wanting to be great people make name is just the burden that the love of christ constrained us we talk about paul's anointing but it was actually his love the love of god constrains me for with us judge that if one is dead then all were dead so that those who live should live for the person who died for them all now then i want us to skip to verse 21 to 23 and then 24 he that has my commandments and keepeth them it is he that loveth me now i've convinced you now that the love of god has got to do with what keeping his commandments in the new testament when we talk about keeping commandments we are not talking about the law of the old testament we are talking about the, the law of the new testament love is one be filled with the holy spirit is a command give thanks is a command many of us don't get it in everything give thanks then we are there idle then we are trying to obey some command in the old testament but we don't know that these things are commands he that has my commandments and keeps them he is the one that loves me and he that loves me shall be loved of my father and i'll love him and i'll manifest myself to him did you see that now we saw your manifestation is actually the manifestation of the lord in you and he's saying that the way God will manifest in you is love. But he's telling you the way you do it is when you keep his command. If you keep his command, what did the Lord say? What did the Bible ask you to do in the New Testament? What are the instructions? Be anxious for nothing. It's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. But in everything, pray and supplication. Pray with us. It's a command. When you have God's word and you keep it, then you love him. And when you love him, he said, my father will love you. Now remember that God already loves you without you keeping any command. So what is he talking about? Now he's talking about, you know, love is God. So he's talking about his glory, his nature being formed in you. He shall be loved of my father and I will love him. And I will manifest myself to him. In fact, somewhere he said, we may read it. He said, we will come and make our abode in him. Next verse. So Judas asked, how is it that you manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Then look at the, the answer. We'll look at verse 23 and 24 and we are done. Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. Now, are you seeing these things? And my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode in him. You want to know the secret of the disciple that the Lord loved, who was always in the bosom of Jesus? If you want to know his secret, read John, read first John, second John, third John. Love. The man was not the only man who defied mortality. 
Elijah was not the only man. This man, they even fried him. In fact, a time will fail me. The Bible says, such a man, there is no occasion of stumbling. There's no mortality because there's no sin in him. Your blamelessness is the result of your love. Innocence is not the same as perfection. And you can stay away from sin and still not be perfect. It's just waiting for you at an opportune time. But when you grow in love, okay, let's finish. Let's finish. Verse 24. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sins. And the word which ye hear are not mine, but the Father which sent me. So anybody who doesn't love me doesn't keep my saying. Now, I want us to look at something real quick. Okay. Matthew 5 19. <laughs> oh, you know, in church, if you want to measure people in this church, we, we know how to size them. But I know many of you don't know this. Some of you think we are equal in the kingdom, but we are not equal. We can never be equal. We have the least and we have the greatest. I'm telling you, the greatest is the man who is walking in love. And he is the one who is keeping the Lord's commandment. The Bible says love is the greatest. So the person walking in love is the greatest. But the Bible says something here. He said, anyone who will break one of the least commandments and teach other people to do the same, he will be called the least in the kingdom. So, he didn't say you won't be in the kingdom. That's why I insist that if you are a believer and you sin, it doesn't mean you go to hell. He said you are in the kingdom, but you are the least. You are breaking the laws and you are teaching other people to do the same. You are in the kingdom, but you'll be the smallest. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, two more scriptures. Psalm 119 verse 165. 165. Are we all here? Now, it says what? Let's read it. One go. Great peace have they which love thy law. Let's stop. You know how people go to prophets? I don't have any peace. Pray for me. And yes, of course, we can pray for you to have the peace of mind. Sometimes it's just a small demon disturbing you. We can rebuke it. Sometimes too, we can counsel you. Be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. But everything is in the Bible. You will not only have peace, oh, you have great peace if you love God's law. It says what? Those who love God's law, what do they have? What do they have? What do they have? Great peace. Say great peace. And the next line says, and nothing shall offend them. Now, do you understand the word? That word offend is the word for stumbling block or stumbling stone or enticed or to fall off. He's saying that there is no occasion of stumbling. So this same thing he says in 1 John chapter 2 verse 10 that the man who is walking in love there is no occasion of stumbling in him. There's no fault in him. That is the perfect man. He that loveth his brother abided in light and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. He said anyone who walks in love there is no occasion of stumbling. And he said anyone who loves God's law nothing shall offend him. There is no stumbling. Same thing. Because loving the Lord is loving his law. Lift up your hands. First Corinthians thirteen, 
we stopped at verse 7. Let's read on. Love never fails. What are the prophecies they will fail? Did you see that? How can love make me do well in business? Make me do well in relationships? That one you know. Make me do well in this. Well, you are expecting prophecy, but it said prophecies will fail. It will be fulfilled and passed away. That's what it means. What are the tongues they shall seize? Tongues is not eternal. We'll not be speaking tongues in heaven. We'll speak in plain language. In fact, we will see face to face. Whether they be knowledge, they will vanish away. In fact, it said it shall become antiquated, void, and superseded by truth. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, our prophecies and knowledge are partial, temporal, and incomplete. That's what it means. But when that which is perfect comes, he's talking about love. So he calls love perfection. Then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, he's talking about our manifestations of the spirits, spiritual gifts. We operate like children, understanding our thought. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. The way I approach the supernatural is with love. We see through a glass dimly. You know, the Bible says we all with unveil face, looking at the mirror of the glory of God, are transformed into that same image. So, you are looking into the mirror, and the mirror is dim. So, you are not even seeing the image to be transformed into in the first place. You are looking into a mirror, and you can't see yourself in the mirror. So, you don't know where to put the foundation. We see us in the mirror dimly. But then face to face. Now I know in part. But then I shall know even as I'm known. He's talking about complete revelation comes when we understand love. Because what we are trying to know is the person of love. God. First John 4, 7 and 8. Let's finish this. But now abided faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest is love. First John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. Love is of God. Everyone that loveth God, born of God. Everyone that loveth not, no, no God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. First John 4, 7 and 8. I didn't compose that song. It was a song we learned when we were children. That's why I know. First John 4, 7 and 8. He that loveth not, know not God, for God is love. So seven first before eight. Let's read it. One go. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. Verse eight. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is. I don't know what prayer you want to pray, but I just want to thank God. Open your mouth and thank the Lord.
to God, just one minute. I want to see your glory. We are with unveiled face, looking us in the mirror. The true glory of God is love. Second Corinthians 3, the Bible talks about the glory of the old covenant and new covenant. One is administration of death, the other is administration of the spirit. One is administration of condemnation, the other is administration of right standing with God. It's His love. Ephesians 1 says, According as His chosenness in Him to be blameless before Him in love. That's the highest calling. Ephesians 4 says, We should walk worthy of our calling, our vocation. The word is calling, Kaleo places our calling and that calling he mentioned all the fruits of the spirit and ended with love with love that's the highest calling the highest calling the highest calling the highest calling that's our calling that's our vocation thank you Jesus humility it's a manifestation of love. Meekness. Putting others ahead of you. Respect for other people. Esteeming others better than yourself. It's love. Thank you, Jesus. Bible says Jesus humbled himself was obedient unto death. That humility and obedience was because he loved the Father so much. It was not just raw obedience. It was not just the humility. It was his love. He would do anything. Father, thank you. We want to be your children indeed. Manifesting your glory as sons of God. Not behaving like unbelievers, but walking in love. We should resemble you. I ask that for myself. And I ask that for every child of God here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. By the fruit of the Spirit. Faith is walking in the Spirit. But love is the perfection of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.